Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented. This series is based on conversations with real people who all have different English accents. You get to hear really cool stories and listen to how people enunciate their words. My guest today is Meredith Carl. She is American and she grew up in Texas. However, she now lives in Seattle. Hello, today is our second episode with an American accent. As I mentioned last week, we are going to listen to how different American accents are all over the USA. So today I'm talking with Meredith Carl, who grew up in Texas. However, she now lives in Seattle. And we're going to listen to her accent compared with Rocio, who is from Brooklyn, New York, and you would have heard her episode from last week. Meredith is the podcast host of the series A Life More Conscious. Now, the word conscious, that means that you are aware of what you are doing. So her podcast is about sustainability. Sustainability means that we are going to keep something or maintain something at that same level or rate. Now, when you hear the word sustainability today, it generally is about the world and trying to keep the world sustainable. So, for example, uh, when we buy something in plastic, we then throw it away. And sometimes that doesn't get recycled. We do try and recycle plastic and reuse it again, But there's only so many times you can recycle something and then it's unusable. So that's not sustainable. Meredith's podcast is focused on the fashion industry and sustainability in the fashion world. So we have stores that sell very cheap clothing and then it breaks and then we throw it away. And then we buy it again. So by buying very cheap clothing is sometimes not very sustainable because we just throw it away. We buy something else because it's so cheap. Meredith uses the term environmental impacts. When she mentions that, she's talking about the impact on our environment. So what happens when we buy clothing and when we throw it away? It just goes to a dump and we're not actually reusing that. We could possibly continue to use that item of clothing. What is happening today uh, compared to my parents and my grandparents is fashion is so cheap, we buy something, we throw it away. Whereas my parents or grandparents may have kept something for a lot longer and got the most use out of an article of clothing. Meredith also used the word ethics. Now, ethics is related to our morals, and our morals are usually something that we learn from our parents, and good morals are to be kind to people, uh, to do the right thing. So when we talk about ethics, we talk about is that ethical? Is it 
ethical of us to buy cheap clothing that is made by someone in a poorer country being paid $1 an hour. Is that ethical? Should we be paying them the right amount of money and actually be spending more money on our clothing? This is what you would call an ethical dilemma. Now, listening back to the interview, I'm not sure if I was very clear in my explanation. However, I asked Meredith if she had heard of a project where a company was going into countries like Bangladesh and China where factories had stopped producing clothing because of COVID-19 and actually people had stopped ordering clothes. So, the clothes that were going to go out to the retail stores in different countries, it uh, never happened because most countries were in lockdown and we weren't allowed to go to the shops and buy clothing. So, there was a bunch of clothing, boxes and boxes of clothing in Bangladesh and China just sitting there and nobody was going to purchase it. So, this company came along and said, okay, well, this clothing is worthless. Um, Nobody's doing anything with it. However, what we'll do is we'll send a box of clothing, like a mystery box, to people who pay 50 pounds. Now, pounds is the currency that is used in the UK. So, this box of clothing is then sent to people around the world and they pick out maybe four shirts or something like that. And then all the money is going back to those families in these poorer countries who work in factories who are not making any money because uh, nobody is ordering clothing at this point in time. You would have heard throughout the podcast the term retail. Now, retail is a store. So, if you you work at a retail store, you actually sell a physical product to the customer. And generally, we associate retail with clothing. So, if you work in a clothing store, people will say, oh yeah, I work in retail. And retail is a product that is sold either online or in the physical store. I think it's time to get on with the interview. Today, I am chatting with Meredith Carl. She lives in Seattle, Washington, originally from Texas, and she is the podcast host of A Life More Conscious. Welcome to Accented. Hi, thanks for having me on. We've had two people on Accented who are environmentally conscious, and one uh, lives in France and they're recycling materials to make rail tracks. And I interviewed a Lebanese Australian who is going back to Lebanon and trying to help people, uh, educate people on what to do with their waste. That is really cool. I love that. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what you're doing with your podcast. Yeah, on my show, I have recently started doing interviews myself. Um, I try to talk with experts in areas of sustainability and the fashion industry. So I've talked with people like, um, might have heard, let's see, there's Blythe Hill. So she's the founder of Dresember. It's a um, fashion activism campaign that happens in the month of December 
where you wear a dress for the entire month to raise funds and just to raise awareness around human trafficking. That's actually where I started my um, interest in ethics and sustainability. And so she's like the highlight that I've had on. Um, But I've talked with someone about secondhand and um, let's see what else. We did another interview that was about um, the environmental impacts of fashion and we have talked a lot about coronavirus this past month. So, sure. But um, otherwise, I give like how I've uh, built like a a conscious wardrobe. I call it so it's an intentional, minimal, um, value driven wardrobe. So things that I wear, things that I love um, from brands that fit my values and that have their own mission. So I share a lot about that. I should listen more to your podcast because I was supposed to move to Canada in April. So my wardrobe is very minimalist Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, what do I do with my wardrobe? And maybe you can educate me a bit more. I started giving my clothes to H&M because they have that recycling program. I was told not to just put them in those bins because sometimes they don't get recycled um, because in Australia we have those bins for... um, Mm -hmm like the uh, St. Vincent de Paul is one of them. It's it's to give to the homeless or to sell in shops where the money goes to uh, people in need. What what do you feel about uh, when you get rid of your clothing? Yeah, when I try to get rid of it, it typically takes a long time for me to do it because I have to make sure that it's really the right decision to get rid of it. Um, but I try to start off with sorting into like, is this something that I can repurpose? Is this something I can sell? Or is this something that I need to donate or um, otherwise recycle? So if it's something that I can repurpose, I try to hold on to it so that I can get out my sewing machine someday and use that material somewhere else. Or if it's something I can patch up to I think I have a pair of jeans that I've patched about three or four times because I just love these jeans. Um, and they like fit perfectly. So I just kept going with them. And let's see, then if it's something that I need to, if something that's like really still a good quality, I haven't had it for a while, then I'll try and sell it like on a Facebook marketplace or sometimes a little more than that. I haven't really ventured into the like resale sites like Poshmark or um, some of the other ones. Um, and then donating is kind of what you're talking about. It is really hard with figuring out which of those is more um, like actually going to do the job. I found that donating them directly to um, the stores. So in my area, we have a store called Value Village. We do also have Salvation Army and um, let's see, what is the other one? The Goodwill for the U.S. Those three are kind of the big ones for us. I pretty much only do it to Value Village because they have a pretty strong recycling program for the items that don't get resold. Um, There's a lot about what happens to those clothes that don't get resold. You have to figure out, are they actually going to get recycled or are they going to end up somewhere else? There are also some businesses specifically that you can like order a bag from and then just send off any clothes you want to be to don't be recycled. Have you heard of also in the UK, since COVID-19, there have been a lot of orders that haven't gone out and a lot of clothes that are just sitting there. 
And I've heard that they're now boxing them up. You send your size and just your style and they'll just send you a box of clothing. Like you'll pay like I think 50 pounds. What do you think about that? I had not heard of that. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, But if they're doing it just randomly, then like even if it's based on a style, there's still a lot of airway and are they accepting uh, returns? Is there going to be... Um, some way to exchange those. There was a big part with a lot of those items didn't, just didn't get sold. And at the very beginning, people were concerned about what's happening to the warehouses that are, or the factories that are still making the clothes. And that's kind of what's coming up with these, I guess, the boxes, kind of like a subscription service, right? Mm. I'm not too sure because I saw a friend of mine had done it and I looked into it I think they're treating it more as a sort of donation sort of thing so I guess even if you don't like the clothing you feel good about it but that's a good point too if you don't like the clothing well then is it just going to go to waste as well yeah is I can see the value in doing that like boxing them up to send because there is tons of clothes that were made that need to be sold or um sent out in some way. Tell us a little bit how you got into this. I guess I don't know with your upbringing in Texas, uh, how did your upbringing influence where you are now? Yeah, I am a lifelong Girl Scout. I guess this year was 16 or 17 years of being in Girl Scouts. So I'm 21 and um, I started as young as I could. And some of the things that I did as I got older was the highest awards program. That's things like our, um, com- not quite community service, but it's community action projects where you have an issue and then you find a way to address it that fits your fits your issue and fits the community that's involved in. So when I did my the first one of it, my troop, so my group of like, 20 or so scouts uh, collected, donated books from about five different elementary schools in our area to donate to our children's hospital nearby. Um, And that was kind of the first project I did of that. And that progressed where in high school, I was doing a a team called the Global Action Team. And we would learn about an issue and then... um, teach about it at a weekend summit that actually just happened for this year's one um, to younger scouts. And my first year doing it was um, human trafficking. Fantastic. So doing a project, learning certain skills, and then getting the badges that go with it. And then you could move up to the next level. And as you did it, you do the highest award services. Okay. And that's what inspired you. Yeah. To. Yeah, I had pretty much always been interested in trying to figure out what my highest awards project was going to be um, since I started. And um, when I did the human trafficking um, team and we learned about that, I was like, I needed to talk about this more for schools because I couldn't, we didn't talk about human trafficking in class. It was just something that we brought up for one day, took a survey on to figure out how many slaves you had working for you and then ignored it for the rest of the year. 
So what I ended up doing was creating a a small curriculum about human trafficking and how we interact with it daily. And that's kind of blossomed into what I do now. Um, Just kind of a different focus, but I want to get back to doing that human trafficking education at the root um, and creating curriculums for schools. That's really interesting. I guess GOUTS really, uh, it, it really enforces a lot of good morals and things like that. It's also trying to bring things back to nature as well, I guess, you know, with a lot of the camping and just really yeah, getting in touch with the environment. That is my other big part of uh, Scouts for me is I um, have been attending and working at camps for as long as I've been a Scout. So, which is kind of weird this year is my only year that I've never been to camp in like 15 years. Um, but that's like part of why I'm trying to do this business is so that I'm not tied down to a year round job so that I can continue working at camps um, at the same time. So it's, I love that being able to get back to nature, being near the water, um, the certain environment that you get around a campfire with a group of girls or a group of scouts. Yeah. I know it's funny. That's why uh, I was um, running a little bit late for our interview because I was like, quick, let's go for a bushwalk. And we actually saw mm-hmm. two beautiful black swans on the lake. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I was mesmerized by that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> taking good pictures. And I was like, wow, I've never seen black swans here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, my camp that I work at is on the waterfront um, and I teach sailing there. I'm like, I could spend all day out on the water in my little sailboat, just sailing from one end to the other of our the canal that we're on and just get lost in the mountains nearby. It's like, uh, I wish I went on more hikes in my neighborhood. We have a nice trail system, but yeah. don't quite get around to it that much. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about your project. And, uh, yeah, please go and have a listen to A Life More Conscious uh, to learn more about what we can do. And, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me, Meredith. Of course. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. I wanted to talk about Girl Scouts, which is something Meredith mentioned And in Australia, we call it Girl Guides. And for boys, we call it Scouts. Basically, it's a community group of young people and they come together and organize projects that will make the world a better place. So Meredith was talking about the highest rewards program and she had to choose a community action project. Now, her passion was about human trafficking, which unfortunately is still something that happens in some countries. Human trafficking is when people are kidnapped or taken against their own will and are forced to do something that they actually don't want to do. So, in some cases, people are taken and are slaves with someone else. So maybe they're a slave in someone else's home and they don't have the freedom to do whatever they want. So with this community action project, Meredith wants to bring awareness to this subject and to hopefully stop human trafficking from happening.
If you want to find out more, make sure to have a listen to Meredith's podcast, A Life More Conscious. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. Transcripts will be available really soon. So in the meantime, go and check out my website, kimslawofenglish.com. And if you get the chance, please write me a review on your podcast platform. See you next time.